You're gonna feel the power It's gonna turn it on Interpret your dreams Just wait and see The dream company The dream company The dream company The dream company Hello everyone and welcome to The Dream Company. This is episode 20. And Donnie's going to start us off here, so take it away. Okay. Well, the other night, it's a very short dream, or at least what I remember of it. But it gives me an opportunity to talk about something I've been wanting to speak of. I was in the city of Guanajuato, Mexico. And I was in a very large stadium. What was large about it was the seating, where the seats were. And there were... I don't know, um, thousands of people there. I'm not sure. There were a lot of people. And I had been invited to come. And I don't exactly, either I didn't see what was on the playing field or whatever it was, or I've forgotten. I think it was actually, you know, I don't think I actually saw it. The action of the dream had to do with everybody in the bleachers. And we even slept. We spent the night there, all the whole crowd. And I remember looking down at the flat place. The bleachers had a little rise to, not bleachers, but seats. And at the flat area, there were all of the workmen and security and stuff. They had slept there and they were all sleeping nude. And I was laying down at that moment and I was like, wow, I could have slept nude too. It wouldn't have been a big deal. No one would have been bothered because I was hot. And I... You sure were, baby. (laughs) No, no, no. It had nothing to do... I was not feeling sexual. I just wanted to sleep nude. And that's an important distinction. I I know. (laughs) And anyway, I woke up very soon after that. And something had happened to my AC. Uh, I sleep with an AC. And it had been turned way up. And so I was hot. And so that hot state came into the dream. Now, okay, what do I think the dream was saying? Well, as soon as I related it to Douglas, he related it to the events going on in Oroville. And I kind of agree from the feeling of the dream, but there were lots of people, one, like people from all over the world were watching the events and the center and the field. I don't know if you even know the story at this moment in time, the Oroville Foundation, which is an arm of the Indian government, is taking over Oroville. And um, it's not a conspiracy. It's actually happened. They're taking over the, the groups, the, the administration. Right. Right. Oroville's like self-governing body. It's been taken over. Recently, Oroville Archives was just taken over by the secretary. So anyway, a lot of people are watching this from all over the world. And specifically, what was on my mind when I went to bed is a court case being heard in the high court of Chennai over the actions of the, or the secretary of the foundation because she broke the law, something called the Orville Act of, I think it was 1988. And uh, that's being decided in the high court. So all these people are just waiting and watching these events unfold. Now, Wanawato, it's an interesting dream place for me, and I am semi-often in Wanawato in my dreams. When we dream of being in a location that we have lived before or visited often, a lot of times it's bringing up those waters that we experienced back in the past, and it's showing the same kinds of movements or cycles or patterns or things are happening now. Now, I'd mentioned before, Wanawato was the place that Douglas and I met. 
And I associate it with uh, actually performance because I wrote a play, Douglas directed it, we both starred in it, and we did it in something called the International Serventino Festival there in Guanajuato, as well as to the uh, Instituto Falcón, a um, English and Spanish school that I was teaching at. And so it has that elements of performance and purpose, but purpose towards like performing. And that's the reason I think it was set in, in Guanajuato. As I have mentioned in two or three, maybe four podcasts, we have a very controversial poem specifically about the government of India taking over Oroville to post on social media and to disseminate in Oroville. And so we're kind of like waiting for the right moment for what I feel the mother's will, her telling me, okay, post the poem. And so that might have been why it was Wanawato. And this is an action that Douglas and I are doing, not just me. I'm actually, Douglas, our whole dream group, uh, Mattoon and Natish is involved in providing videos, photography, music. So we've all had a hand in this. And it's a very simple dream, and it's just showing this that I'm watching. Now, I had other dreams of the night, but that was showing this action of observing events in Oroville. Would anybody agree with what I'm saying? Disagree? Anybody have anything to say? Question something? Crickets chirping. Okay. Yes, crickets. No, I mean, no, I, no think I, you, think I think you summed it up pretty well. well okay, thank you. Thank you. Oh, okay. I can't think of anything else either. Oh, okay. Um... Mr. Duck. My turn? Yes. Okay. Um, well, about, I don't know, two or three podcasts ago, I shared a dream that had a high school friend of mine in it named Mike Moe. And at the time, I felt the dream, I mean, it was pretty obvious the dream referred to like a sexual movement. Um, you know, on your part? On my part. Okay. Yeah, like said that it happened and that I'd had to kind of quell when I was laying in bed. And I thought he was in the dream because I joking around with him because he would wear shorts to school in the middle of winter. He was a big heavyset guy. I joked that he was a Neanderthal and like it wasn't mm -hmm. like I didn't constantly call him Neanderthal but that was kind of like a nickname for him. Just I would joke around with him about it sometimes. But only because of his tolerance for the cold and things like that. Right. It's Not like, for his behavior. No, no, no. Okay. He was a very, very well raised guy. Very polite. Yeah, polite okay. and, and you know and smart. All right. I'm just saying since you've said his name, I'm just clarifying yeah. this. <laughs> okay. He so, wasn't ugly, I mean right. he didn't look like a Neanderthal. Okay. It was just because it was he had this resistance to cold. I okay. Just, I joked around with him about it. All right. But then, and I don't remember what came first. I dreamed about him the other night, and I'll share the dream, but somewhere in all that, either before the dream or after the dream, I don't remember if it was a voice or if it just popped into my mind like an intuition, but... During was, dreaming? No, I don't remember that either. I think oh. I may have been laying there in a half sleep. Okay. I don't really remember, but all I remember was being told that that was the wrong interpretation for that for him. In the dream that you were having? No, it wasn't in the dream. No, I'm sorry. The wrong interpretation for the dream that you had. Right, three on, podcasts ago. Right, you were on a pier and you were fishing. I was fishing. on a dock. A dock. And, I, and I reeled in a fish that turned into a dog. Uh huh. And I couldn't get the dog back in the water, which I thought showed how I had to throw out. I let the movement in. You know, uh -huh. we were at the movies, like, oogling all the cute girls in their nice right. like, outfits. Okay. And, um... And so and, you, you just naturally assumed that the appearance of your friend there, because you had called him Neanderthal and you associated him with that name, yeah. 
was about that sexual movement. Yeah, I mean, it occurred to me at the time that it was the opposite, but I didn't, because, you know, the reason when I talked to you about it, we both, I mean, I was still kind of waiting for something to confirm that this is the actual interpretation, but it seems like the interpretation might actually be the opposite. I would agree with that. Well, because he dated a preacher's daughter all through high school. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know, she wasn't like the slut preacher's daughter. She was the chaste preacher's daughter, Uh in my opinion. I don't know what went on. I often wondered if they were even having sex. I just never even asked him about it. I was too uh-huh. polite. Now, somebody else I would have teased relentlessly about it, but I, I just didn't do that to him. So, you know, let's just say that even if they didn't, my thought that maybe that they were, you know, just having a more or less just chaste relationship. A platonic relationship. Well, not platonic. I'm oh. sure they kissed or right. whatever. Okay. They were boyfriend and girlfriend. I'm sure right. they snuggled and went to movies. Uh, and, okay. But they probably didn't cross certain lines. All right. So Which I think, you didn't cross, you know. The, yeah, the I didn't day, choke my the, chicken or anything, yeah. but, but it took a while to, like, settle that down. Uh-huh. So, you know, it seems to me that, it seemed to us, and we talked about it again, that what Mike actually represents is whatever self-control, chastity, whatever you want to call it. But actually, like, having a handle on the sexual impulse and not being, like, controlled by it. Now, one of the things I want to try to clarify... This insight that you had that you gave the wrong interpretation during the podcast, it didn't come in normal waking consciousness. No, I wasn't laying there awake. I was either like going in and out of sleep or okay. it was in a dream I can't remember or it was just in the blackness somewhere, okay. something now, like that. I wasn't laying awake in bed. Okay. So this is an example of the dreaming mechanism coming out and saying, no, no, you've interpreted that badly. It was just the wrong interpretation. Interesting, you weren't given a bona fide interpretation of what that character represented in the dream, but it seems reasonable uh, that it was actually the opposite. Right. And so for some reason, it was important to your dream maker, or I said your inner guide, to let you know, no, 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 that man's not a Neanderthal. Yeah. Interesting, you have put this out in the public and used his name. So even still... Mike, I fixed it, so if you ever hear this... You, know, <laughs> you won't go down as a Neanderthal in, in history. Well, the one of the points that I want to make is that whatever is in us that is helping to edit our dreams and to put them together is conscious of the way that we interpret them. And when it's important and when we're open enough, if we interpret something badly, sometimes we're corrected. And this is an example of that. And it's something that we keep trying to show is that there is... Conscious dream teacher, you could say. Right, right. Our dreams are not just regurgitating events that happen in the day or what's pressing on our body as we're sleeping. They're actually guiding us, consciously guiding us, and are even aware of how we interpret them and will correct us sometimes when we're wrong. Okay, well now... Let me share the dream. Oh, okay. Sorry. I wasn't able to... I think... Almost positive I had a little insight before I had the dream. So I think it was foretelling me because it wanted me to know because I was going to have a dream about Mike. So in this dream, I was on a school bus and Mike was on the school bus and some other people. And the bus was coming to the last stop. And I asked the driver, Were you, when you go back, are you going to go past my neighborhood? And he wasn't. So I just got off with Mike, figuring I could go to his house, and I went with Mike and this guy that was his brother. Later, it turned out not to be his brother, but it was his little brother. And we went to Mike's house in a little cul-de-sac, and it was like a big church steeple that was this kind of not attractive green color, kind of mixed with gray, something kind of not pretty. And we had to climb over a wall, 
And then to get into the house, we actually had, when you open the door, the kitchen counter and was right there in front of the door. So you had to climb over the kitchen counter and the house was just a mess. I mean, you know, just things laying around everywhere. I don't remember there being anything like really like disgusting, but you know, plates were just lying around. There was stuff all over the floor that was disorganized. And I was just gonna spend the night here because I thought it was Mike's house. And uh, then the mother comes home and the mother of the mother? mother of just the boy. It turned out that it wasn't Mike's brother. Mike didn't live in this house. But a boyfriend came too, and I guess I don't remember if he was Mike's father, but Mike stayed with him. So I asked if I could go, and he said, "Yes, you can come with us." So we left. And you know, I had this thought on the walk. I'll just throw this out there, even though even to me it seems like just a shot in the dark. But you know, it's kind of like a church steeple, like a really tall church steeple. And if what that represents is, let's just say, the state of my, that, my, that chopper, right, the sex chopper, it's, it's still disorganized or whatever. You know, maybe the dream was complimenting the, my intuition telling me that Mike didn't belong there. No, I, I was thinking as you were saying, uh, yes, I think so too. It wasn't Mike's house. Right. And it was a very messy house. Right. right. Dirty house. But that wasn't his house. Right. You had first tried to get into it with him. Right. As you did, it's, it, it, this is an inner representation of you interpreting him wrongly yeah. in your dream, his appearance in your dream. Yeah. And I think that's interesting, too. Wow. Yeah. That's, that is, that's, it is very interesting. And the consciousness that goes into the making of our dreams and even the interpretation of them. And like I say, it takes years to learn how to interpret dreams. It should be something we are doing from the time we actually start thinking and consciously remembering our dreams as a small, small child. But unfortunately, we're not that wise yet and we are wake-centric, focused on the outer world almost exclusively. But in the future, one of the reasons why we have this podcast is hopefully that we can begin opening these doors and show that, yes, dreams are interpretable. And they're part of our lives. Yes, yeah, a very important right. part of our lives. And so, anyway, now I think Natish has a dream this year. Are you finished? I just thought, in short, I would say what the dream is. Just if I was to contain it in one sentence, maybe put that Mike's not part of the mess. Mike's part of the solution. Okay, well, I would say in your dream, but my big thing is, I'll get on my pedestal, just one moment. Okay, I'm on the pedestal. We are all part of the problem. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it shows too, if it does relate to sex and dealing with sexuality, I mean, you can, to have a certain extent, like, gotten it out of your life, but still, it's even just a little bit creates disorganization. And Yes, it does. It is a disrupting, chaotic force. And uh, when you're doing sadhana and you're trying to organize the consciousness, sex doesn't help. But unfortunately, most of the time, when we decide to be brahmachari or celibate, we're doing it for moral reasons, because we think it's bad. And if we slip up and choke our chicken, for example, or even outright have sex with someone, we feel guilty because we have done something bad. Well, actually, it's not that it's bad. It's just that it disrupts the sadhana. And, uh, of course, sex could be bad with the wrong kinds of people, but we won't go into that right now. Yeah. <laughs> but it just it's a disruptor, and you lose a lot of energy in, in a genital orgasm. And there's another type of orgasm available to us. Is hardly I don't even think it's on the net. Very, It's an overhead experience where it's like your entire body, the consciousness, your seat of consciousness, rushes up out the top of your head and it flows out like an orgasm 
And it's a very high spiritual experience. And the lower orgasms, the genital orgasms, waste that energy. For the more fuller orgasm, we call it in our yoga overhead experience. But that doesn't even come close to describing the ecstasy you feel when it happens. Okay, now we're on our way to Natish, your All dream, right, please. Natish, you're up. Okay, that we are taking our dogs for a walk in the field. And then there is this big farm and in a barn. That is both. Right. And then so there was uh, person number one cleaning up shit. Uh-huh. And then there is person number two, which is talking to the farm and the barn owner. Okay. Yeah. Right. That's the dream. Yeah, that's the dream. Okay. The reason I wanted him to share this dream, uh, we've already talked about an interpretation. I'm going to go ahead and interpret it because I don't want him to mention names. We've agreed to say no. person one and person two, and he might mention names. Now, the interesting thing about this dream is why it occurred and why he had it. Now, on previous podcasts, I have talked about seership you are strong dreamers or let's let's coin a phrase and call someone a house seer and what that means is they see the process of the house the inner process of what's going on with a family or house now natish is learning to be a seer right now he's on the house level and he often dreams about things going on with our house. Like, for example, in the few podcasts ago, uh, he dreamed about our cat taking rats and putting them on the doorstep across the street and dreaming as was the, indeed the cat doing it because it was a mystery. Now, what happened, the reason that he picked up on this process, when we were walking the dogs that evening before the dream that he had that night, Person number one and their friend drove up on the motorcycle. Well, no, he's not person number one. You'd have to say oh. person number three. No, no, okay, yeah. Person number one and person number three drove up on well, the no. motorcycle. Person number one and person number two were in the dream. The people on the bike would be person number three and person number four. Oh, yes, you're right. Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay. Anyway, so let's I mean, you just, can even mention, okay. Okay, anyway, anyway. Uh, they live here, person yeah, number yeah. three and person yeah, number and, four. Yeah, and they're a married couple. And they're involved in feeding street dogs and things like this. And there was some controversy about them using an organization around using their name and feeding street dogs at night and their name and things like this. And they weren't really representing that organization. Well, not technically. Right, but they didn't have their permission to. Right, to do that. So person number two had gone and spoken to the organization who the dog organization and to try to get them in trouble and it was blamed on person number one who was cleaning up the shit who also works at the works the at park, we can just probably say bark, yeah, okay, bark, bark india, india. Anyway, he works there, and, and the whole thing was blamed on him. He was kind of left holding the bag. Yeah, he was the one who was blamed as on as being the snitch. Right. But in actuality, on. it was person number one. Person number two. No, was it? Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is getting confusing. He's getting confusing. It are, was are the listeners confused yet? Yeah, right. Anyway, the point is, he dreamed about the process. I had gone to Bark India, and they called me into the office and told me about this matter and, you know, asked my assistance because people live in my house. And I was told that it was person number one who had told them. But actually it wasn't, and, and it was this person number two that was causing all the trouble. And Natish dreamed of that. Right. And the reason that he picked that up, I was explaining this a while ago before I went off on another explanation, 
while we were walking the dogs, this couple that lives here that's involved in the dog feeding controversy drove up right where we walked the dogs. That has never happened before. Natish was right there, of course. He's very curious about everything going on. And so he was all ears. Now, what they did, when they, were, they had just come from Bark, India, right, to go and give their side of the story. So they were coming directly from Bark, India to the field where we walk the dogs. Now, they carried that environment with them the things that were said and thought. It was like an aura or something around them. And Natish picked it up. Plus, they also told us that it was person number two and not right, person number right. one. Right, right. They, they suspected that. Snitched, that. Or they, yeah, yeah, they suspected that. Oh. And so in Natish's dream, being a house seer, he dreamed of what actually happened. But it was in inner terms, representative. And instead of Bark India being a place, a dog shelter and a dog clinic, it was a farm. Yeah. And the person number one who was left holding the bag and blamed for being the snitch, well, he was left cleaning up all the shit. And so the symbols are interesting. There's a very simple dream that he had, but it's pretty clear how he picked this up and how it happened. We aren't aware that we carry an environment around us wherever we go with our thoughts, with the things that have happened to us during the day. We're when we go from one place to the next, we carry that in the previous environment with us and it dissipates as the next whatever environment begins to take precedence. We're much like our consciousness is bigger than us than we realize, of course, but it is bigger than just our bodies. And we carry its environment around in us. Well, our yoga is called the environmental consciousness. And so Natish was right there and he picked that up and dreamed of what happened in symbolic terms. And, you know, he's becoming quite the dreamer. And we're, I'm delighted to see that he is opening, uh, well, we'll call it the third eye, and vision. And you've seen that, too, in these podcasts. But it's really nice to see and uh, give people examples. In every family, there will at least be one person who dreams the events of the house and what's going on in the house dangers the house is facing, triumphs the house has, those sorts of things. And like I say, in the future, when we begin to wake up to our inner selves, we will rely on these dreamers in our homes and in our families to help us negotiate the day. Any, well, which is really a trip around here. <laughs> okay, does anybody have anything to say? Natish, would you like to yes, add anything? Yes, I do. Oh, of course. I would have wished whoever I could to not that dream to come. Why? To me. Why? I don't I don't care about that dream. Oh uh, yeah, okay well that's I don't the... care about the couple, I don't care about number one and number two. Okay, the people, yeah, yeah, okay. Alright. Now but you are a house seer and these dreams come, right? So you can relate them and you can help show us what's really going on, mm-hmm. right? And so you're just going to have to like learn that you're going to dream about things you don't like and about people that you don't particularly like too because that's part of being a seer. In this case, a house seer. But who knows? Maybe one day you'll be a world seer or a divine that seer. That day would give me a badge? <laughs> they have badges. Okay, yes. We All that we have to do is tell them and just, we, there's a Facebook page for certified house seer. No, no, he's talking about the world seer. He needs that badge. I mean, people will probably call you Rishi. You know, once happens that, you know, they will start calling you Rishi, you know, Nitish Rishi and all that. Oh, yes, Nitish Rishi, Rishi. Yeah, Rishi, 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 Nitish. And then, and then, you know, I will be like, Yananda. 
Like who? Nityananda. Nityananda. Oh, please, <laughs> no. Nityananda, who's that? Uh, Nityananda, oh, no, the no. Place. Uh, I know I've heard the name, but you don't need to go that, into yeah, this. No, no, that's, that's, please, please, no, not, not him. We're, we're talking about something very different than, than that kind quite of. Quite the opposite. Yes, quite the opposite. Back this me, talking to me. Okay, uh, well, my goodness, I think that that concludes podcast. 20. 20. Did you know that he wouldn't let boys and girls go to the bathroom? He would make them hold it? Yeah, yeah I heard it. <laughs> and you know what? I mean, I shouldn't share in the podcast, but I heard it when I was listening to this video of this girl who was making this video, who was a, his former disciple, it looks like, and he even told him that she's an incarnation of Parvati, and he, she basically wanted to have sex. <laughs> okay, thanks, everybody. Okay. We'll see you next time on The Dream Company. Yeah. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. bye.